Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. John Justrinsky. Here on this Tuesday evening, it is J.J. After Dark, John Chistrzemski. We're guiding you through the next three hours right here on the Fang and aboard at 877-337-6666. And to help us out in getting a sense for where the Mets are at going into this 2021 season, we welcome in the former Met. He's killing it right now. He's got a terrific Mets podcast you can check out on the New York Post website. They do a really good job with a bunch of that stuff. And I listen to this one quite a bit. And he's an old buddy of mine. I miss seeing him around. I miss seeing him showing me, you know, all sorts of grips, change-ups, two-seamers. I I, I want to work him at some point when I'm playing in a men's league again. And I heard this guy's actually made a few cameos on the Staten Island Men's League. My main man, former Matt Nelson Figueroa. What's up, Figgy? How you doing, baby? I'm good, JJ, brother. Good to hear from you again. Figgy, what are you bringing at these days? You still cracking 9091, or are we no, in the high sir. 80s these days? No, sir. At that year, uh, 46 years young, I'm uh, hoping to just break 80 every now and then and just hope that I do that more times than I break wind. Well, I guarantee it that you're still breaking 80, bro. And listen, God bless that you're still out there from time to time, you know, throwing a few innings on the mound. And Figgy, listen, I think all in all, going into this year, the anticipation and the excitement, it's the highest I've seen it from a Mets standpoint in a long, long time. And I even think that goes back to the World Series year. Because, you know, you looked at the World Series team, as fun a ride as that was, team was 500 midway through the year the lineup wasn't great it was all about the starting pitching and whether or not those guys are going to stay on the mound I look at this team figgy up and down the lineup dude they got guys who can hit the ball out of the ballpark uh are you feeling those good vibes you feeling the positivity when we're talking about this 2021 Met team I am, and I think that's one of the things, you know, covering them for the last six years. You know, every year you saw them getting a little bit better, a little bit better with the, the I guess, making the gap between the starter and the replacement player a lot smaller, and that you felt very comfortable with the guys that are coming in, where you have the Mets bench right now. It's not guys you've never heard of, guys that are just getting their feet wet in the major leagues or anything by that nature. you got some major league caliber players who at times have played very well in their careers and, you know, guys who have played, you know, at some point go glove type defense. I'll definitely highlight plays when you got somebody like Pilar out there that's going to be your fourth, fifth, or sixth outfielder that you can carry. Uh, it, it's an exciting time right now to be a Mets fan. I think it's all the way around. I think it started with the change in ownership where you have um, you know, a new owner kind of breathing some uh, life into this franchise. Uh, it, it's, they went into the offseason, and if you would have said 
the three guys they had to get, they didn't get a single one of them and still said they had a good offseason, I would have said, what are you smoking? But you look at it now and you realize that they have gone out and they've made a lot of moves to make this team a lot deeper. And, uh, you know, without the injury to Lugo, I have a lot more confidence, but I think uh, they're going to try and make probably one more move to shore that up until he comes back. Okay, Figgy. I get that a lot from Mets fans, belly aching about the offseason. Not all, but some, you know, mm-hmm. because they didn't end up with George Springer. They didn't end up with Trevor Bauer. And the way I spin it, you didn't know you were getting Francisco Lindor. You didn't know you were getting Carlos Carrasco. Mm-hmm. You got better behind the plate. You got better in the bullpen. I think yeah. it's a much better team than when it was a year ago. You know what I mean? No, that, that's exactly how you have to look at it. I think everybody's looking at the almighty dollar and, you know, well, will they spend? And they felt that, you know, Steve Cohen was just going to come in and, and just open up the wallet and spend all of his money just to do that. And I think they made some conscious business decisions, even though they, the offer, the, they had the audacity to make that kind of an offer to Trevor Bauer for $40 million even. It, it, as ludicrous as that sounds, at least it sounds like in most of these cases they had put out offers to all these players, and these players chose to go elsewhere you know that's all you could say um but i do think that they they went on and, and made some really good choices spent their money wisely because they do have guys that are core guys that you want to shore up you know michael conforto comes to mind and you got Syndergaard coming in the next you got stroman on a one-year deal right now so there's a lot of guys that uh you're going to want to lock down for for the uh, a long time uh, if you're going to keep them in a Met uniform. And I feel more comfortable knowing the ins and outs of what these guys have been through in a Met uniform than getting somebody you know new and throwing $150 million at them. Okay, Figgy. You know when you're a star player and you come to New York, it's different. Yep. A guy like Francisco Lindor, though, has played in big games. He played in the World Series in 26, uh, 2016, one went away from beating the Cubs, played a bunch of playoff games over the next few years. Um, I think he's got the makeup to handle New York. I think he's got the look and feel of a guy who has faced a franchise written all over it. What do you think the learning curve is, though, for a guy coming to New York of the magnitude of indoors? Is it a month? Is it two months? How do you see that shaking out? Well, I, I go back to the biggest trade before this uh, with the same kind of knowledge that the guy was going to be a free agent was Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza struggled. When he first got to New York, you know, everybody thought the same thing. You know, he was a, a guy who was coming from the Dodgers in L.A., bright lights, and then he went over to the Marlins for a quick minute, and then he comes to the Mets. And uh, this is a guy who should be able to handle New York, and it didn't start out that way. And this is before social media. This is before, you know, everybody being able to voice their opinions about how good, bad, or indifferent someone's being. And so it, it's a different world now. But I think Francisco Lindor is built different. I think he's the kind of guy that um, that – that the way that he'll play the game is going to be different. He's not going to be a guy that you're sitting there going, oh, my God, he's jogging. Oh, my God, he didn't run it out. Oh, my God, he didn't make a diving play. He's the kind of guy that he reminds me of. If you were able to take Jose Reyes and Carlos Beltran and make a love child, that would be him. The switch hitting power, uh, power from both sides, the ability to play defense up the middle, and that smile you know that shows that he's enjoying playing baseball. This isn't just a job. Um, not going through the motions, I think that's what's really the key for him to have success. I think his numbers will play play out just as well, if not better, because he, you know, there were some times in Cleveland where he was kind of the forgotten man, uh, and, and, and there was no one really around him uh, as far as protection. You had uh, guys who had nice years like Jose Ramirez's, but, I mean, you look at this lineup, like you said, J.J., up and down, they can swing the bat. 
You know, they got better. Um, McCann behind the plate uh, is going to have an opportunity to show what he can do over a full season. And if those numbers can project to be somewhere in that 25 to 30 range, you know, he's a steal. So I think Lindor is going to really thrive in this lineup. And, you know, a guy like Michael Conforto, the quiet superstar that he is, I think you lock those two guys down, and, and that's a very good combo to have moving forward. We're talking some Met baseball, my buddy, former Met, Nelson Figueroa. Okay, Figgy, Marcus Stroman. He's a guy who thinks very highly of himself. I think Mm -hmm. that's pretty obvious. Um, He's had some good years in the big leagues. As a Met, though, so far we have not seen vintage Stroman. He was not great in 2019. 2020 opts out because of the pandemic. And now he's talking a big game going into 2021. What are your expectations for Marcus Stroman this year? I think he's still one of those guys that has been through the fires. Um, Pitching in Toronto, although it seems obscure, you know, it's up in Canada, he was the ace of the staff and and would go out there and challenge anybody. Um, Diminutive in size, but not in, you know, heart and makeup. The guy goes out there and he he gives you his all. Uh, That's one thing you never have to worry about with Stroman. Um, You're never going to hear excuses about mechanics or (laughs) when it comes to him, his mechanics are almost, you know, he he can change it up on a whim. So I, I love watching him pitch he reminds me of a, a lot of you know old school guys where hey you're gonna have to hit my pitch when i throw it how i throw it and didn't really matter about mechanics he's become uh he's one of those guys that i i, I still look at and marvel that pitched in that american league east where you know you had all those bashers all those big home run hitters and facing the yankees that many times a year he was able to do very well so I, i'm not worried about him i've been excited to have him in a met uniform and it's that's another thing. When you're a hometown kid and you come back, um, it's tough to live up to it in the beginning. You're, you're overdoing it. You're trying harder than ever before. You say to yourself you're not, but you are. And you could see that a little bit. He didn't seem like his normal self. That normal swagger wasn't there. It was almost like he was forcing it. Um, so I'm hoping, you know, with this year off, you know, he had time to spend with the family and, and time to kind of get his head on straight with everything else in the world. Now, you know, focusing on baseball and being out there with the rest of the guys, um, you know, he's on a one-year deal. And if you look at what <laughs> look at what Bauer just did to the market, um, if he has a, a, a year that he's capable of having um, in this Met rotation, the Mets are going to do very well. Figgy, what do you make of Stroman with this split change? Is that something you think he's messing around with in spring training? Or do you think he'll gain enough confidence with the pitch where come opening day, opening week, whenever he's on the mound, it's something he's going to throw a lot more? Oh, I could see him taking taking flight with this thing. Um, you know, knowing how all pitchers are, we love to tinker. We love to try and maximize things. And with the analytics that are involved, and literally as he's throwing a baseball, he's getting feedback of how much that ball moved, how he made that ball move, how easily he made that ball move, and can he replicate it. The split change, anytime you're throwing a split anything and you're putting the ball between your fingers, it's all about finger pressure. It's almost, at some point, it'll knuckle. That's what I used to throw as a split finger where mine would knuckle as a fork ball. So it would kind of have that knuckleball effect. And uh, But I didn't have the, the luxury of the R.A. Dickey and be able to say, hey, my knuckleball wasn't knuckling and have a bad game. If I threw a some bad split fingers, that thing goes in the back pocket. He has many other pitches that he can go to, but he does. he's never been really a guy who's thrown off speed uh, as far as change-ups. Um, so uh, split grip for the change.
changeup. Seems some, like something that could work for him. Uh, another guy that, that it worked very well for was Zach Wheeler when he was with the Mets. He was a power, power, power guy, and then he realized he had to throw something a little bit off from those. Uh, everybody else is doing the same thing. If everybody else is throwing mid-90s to upper 90s with a 91-mile-an-hour slider, hitters are seeing that thing, you know, six out of the seven days a week. So you've got to be able to do something a little different, especially when you're facing these teams over and over again. And if you're lucky enough to get third time through the lineup, you want to have something in your back pocket, and I think that pitch will be really good for him. Figgy, I think one of the biggest X factors for the Mets, they're going to win this division this year, is Noah Syndergaard coming back and being the Noah Syndergaard he was in 15, 16, 17, not the guy he was in 2019 where he was very Jekyll and Hyde, very up and down. Tommy John surgery, you know it, bro. It's one of those great unknowns. Matt Harvey came back in 2015, pitched great. Zach Wheeler, it took time. Other guys, it takes time. What is realistic to expect out of Noah Syndergaard coming back off this injury? Well, what I expect is the same old Noah Syndergaard. Um, If there was anything otherwise that that indicated that he was – different the way the ball was coming out of his hand and again now they can just check his spin rates if they match up if he's not it doesn't matter the velocity on the ball if the spin rate is very close to what it was then when you get that adrenaline you're at that final push after rehab assignments and everything else and you're in the major league uniform it, it goes up a notch so this guy's even you know throwing 97 instead of 100 he he was someone that to me, could always have been a better pitcher. He was a hard thrower, and he was enamored with leading all of baseball with the hardest fastball, the hardest slider, the hardest. But when it came to pitching, if you look to your right and you see Jacob deGrom just absolutely dominating lineups every time out by being a complete pitcher, it has to sink in. And I kept saying that with him and and Matt. It's like you had Bartolo Colon throwing one pitch for 92 of 100 pitches, and pitching winning baseball and then you go out there and you're trying to say oh well he only throws 88 i'm throwing 98 why can't i win and it's different when you are a complete pitcher and he has the stuff to be that he and he when he's at his best he's a guy with power stuff who can pitch like a finesse pitcher he can throw his change up when he's behind in the count which makes him exceptional at 3-1 count 2-0 count hitters counts he can throw something soft or something with a little wrinkle in it and he has that kind of command to me it's still going to go back to him opening up the inside part of the plate and being able to elevate with that fastball that plus fastball on command and and be able to uses other pitches off of that. He has to be a little bit more unpredictable than he has in the past. And I think that's something that he's really going to be able to have worked on and at least seen these numbers while he's been sitting out with, with Tommy John and recovering from Tommy John, learning about what these numbers mean and, and why hitters, uh, particularly right-handed hitters, do so well off his fastball and see how he can get the better of them. So if he's a student of the game like we think he is and not just a superhero trying to throw the, uh, a hammer through a wall, then I think he's going to be, this could be the best year for him yet. Figgy, Pete Alonso in 2019 took baseball by storm, took New York City by storm. Last year, I don't know if you got this sense, he seemed like a guy who was putting too much pressure on himself. Now, maybe it was, you know, pitchers around the NL East and pitchers around baseball getting the book, you know, trying to figure out how to pitch him. But it seemed like he was trying to one-up what he did in dominating in 2019. Uh, For 2021, you think this, like, social media blackout, no Instagram, no Twitter, that sort of deal, you think that could be therapeutic for him? I think in a way. I I think everybody's a little different when it comes to that, but uh, social media is very tough. I mean, even the owner has realized that. He was out there on Front Street 
you know, when, as soon as he bought the team and, and fans loved it. And then all of a sudden a little bit of controversy and he realized there's an ugly side to it too. And you got to back out and you got to focus on, uh, you know, what's important with a, with family and, and, you know, owning the team and getting the team ready for the season and not being a distraction. Um, I think that's something that, you know, Pete will focus on and Pete will interact. And uh, you don't want somebody that's going to only interact when they have a good game. You know what I mean? That that to me is is where it, it's a fake it's a fake interaction. Well, I, I think Pete Alonso really it wasn't as bad as everyone feels it was because remember he was third in the National League in home runs with 16, and he had a nice late push of kind of you know finally like you said not putting pressure on himself and there's no way he was going to hit 53 home runs in only 60 games, but it seemed like he was trying to at times. Um, he's he's just an impressive young man. Uh, I think he gets it. He's gotten it from day one of being in the big leagues. Uh, I think, um, you know, realizing that there's more to it um, than just going out there and, and, and taking these big cuts and really honing in on being that complete hitter that we saw in spring training before he came up, where it was like, okay, this guy can hit with two strikes. He hits the ball the other way. They're pulling the shift on him. He's able to put the ball in play and realize that the RBI at second base is as important as him, you know, trying to reach back and maybe get lucky and hit it out the park. But I think that's what you'll see more of. He's in the, I talked with him on our podcast and said he's in the best shape of his life. Every player says that. But, you know, with him, there was a question last year. They said, you know, that he was looking a little heavy, a little sluggish. Um, and I think that all gets to him as well. You know, he's trying to prove, you know, that he's he's not. He's a hard worker. This guy, you know, really goes to task and, and trying to, um, you know, always improve his game. But it's hard to improve when you, you, you seem like you were doing everything right that first year. It almost seems like the, the bar, you know, everything is going to go down from there. But I think 60 games, he was panicking a little bit and trying to put up major numbers. Um, and he realizes that, that offense goes if he goes. So I look at him being able to calm down a little bit this year. You got a Lindor in there. You got, you know, Conforto again going to do his normal thing: thirty home runs, eighty, ninety, hundred RBIs if, if possible. And uh, I think the whole lineup got to mature and gel over twenty twenty and dealing with COVID um, the way that they did. So I, I look for these guys to be in a much better situation this year than they were last year. And Pete Alonso is no different. I right, figured final one. The NL East to me is the best division in baseball. You have the Braves, who are the team to beat. The Nationals won the World Series two years ago. Phillies have talent. Even the Marlins, man, you look at their rotation. They got some flamethrowers. If the Mets are going to win the NL East, what is the biggest X factor, according to one Nelson Figueroa? Uh, the biggest X factor, it's going to be that back end of the rotation and whether Edwin Diaz is the real deal. Um, locking it down. I think that's the, the, the biggest question mark is he had a great bounce back season and, and we finally saw him a little more comfortable with no fans. And I said there were certain players that were going to benefit from there being no fans. He got the boo birds like nobody's business when he first came over to New York and he couldn't shake it. Um, having no fans in the, in the crowd, this guy was one of the best in baseball yet again. So if he's going to be able to, to put up those numbers again at the back end and, and lock down those games and those close games, I think that's going to be the biggest key to, to everything is Edwin Diaz being able to kind of put to rest uh, the idea of closer, because with Seth Lugo being out, you know, who do you really trust shutting down games other than Edwin Diaz? There's no safety net. What's your confidence level right now, Figgy? One being the lowest, ten being the highest for Diaz. Be fair. Be fair? I'm seriously at like an eight. I wow. Gotta, it is. That's it is. come a long way, Figgy. So 2020, no, 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 he showed you a lot. Brewer. 
that was ready to, you know, <laughs> ship him back to Seattle uh, <laughs> on uh, ground postage. He he was he was uh, absolutely beside himself. I saw a kid who struggled for the first time. Um, again, a young pitcher who had tremendous success in Seattle struggled for the first time. Couldn't shake the mental side. Uh, it wasn't a physical thing. He was still throwing 98 to 100 miles an hour, but every mistake he made left the ballpark, and that's tough to get over. And, and he was able to do that last year. You know, he had some really he had a nice uh, stretch. His strikeout numbers were off the charts again, like they used to be. So I think that's uh, someone that I, I have extreme confidence in. And I think as long as it's not something that happens early, and we see that the bullpen is really. I, I think of it like a Jenga, like a Jenga game. You know, you pull out one of them, you can kind of survive. You pull out two of them, oh, now you're looking at, you know, you're into some problems. So I, I, I'm worried about if there's enough in the bullpen to sustain them. But I think they, as long as these guys are healthy enough to, you know, be able to mix and match throughout the game and Rojas pulls the right cards, then you're going to have a chance for Diaz to be successful. Figgy, phenomenal job, bro. Appreciate a couple of minutes and, uh, Keep those fastballs humming, man. I know you're still bringing the heat. I know you're trying to sell everybody short, but that's a bunch of nonsense. You're still bringing the heat. got it. boy. All right, that's Nelson Figueroa. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.